Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Don't talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and we are the best podcast on the internet to hear reviews for movies. I am Ryan, and I am joined by Brad. Hey. How's it going, Brad? Not too bad. I uh, paid off a credit card that was really high a, w- a while back, and uh feeling pretty good about that. Nice. Yeah, uh, my wife paid off one, too. Nice. Yeah, she got... Um, I mean, the only bummer is so her, I don't know, it's a good and a bad thing. So she uh, got her, so she changed jobs and her retirement wouldn't transfer over. So they just paid her out of her other retirement. So she took uh, some of it, paid off her credit card, and then saved the rest because, you know, they'll charge us taxes at the end of the year. So, <laughs> but she paid off, uh, one of her credit cards and so we uh are saving like 250 bucks a month yeah mine's saving me 400 so that's nice kind of feels good yeah (laughs) i'm gonna roll that into my car payment and then pay that off and then take that thousand dollars i'll have sitting around to pay off other cards yeah pretty good yeah slowly chip away that's the secret to life man (laughs) just keep on chipping away yep What's new with you? Uh, no, I work all the time. Nothing exciting, except today I'm off. My wife, okay. So my wife had to be at work at 7 in the morning. She's working a 12-hour shift. And I'm guessing she expects me to have the dishes clean when she comes home. Well, yeah, dudes belong in the kitchen. Don't you know that? No, dude, chicks, bro, chicks. You got it all backwards. <laughs> she needs to work all day, come home to a dirty house, and clean it, pick it up. I was told a man needs to be barefoot and in the kitchen at all times. No, I don't know what no. you heard. Chicks love working really hard and then having to come home and take care of people. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this. I've been married a long time. And that's the one thing I know. Women love to be disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nothing. <laughs> I yeah. Got nothing. <laughs> so, you, so you definitely have dinner ready for her, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I literally cooked... Um, uh, I got tri-tip steaks are on sale at uh, King Supers. And I looked up this recipe for my air fryer. I'm like, huh, I wonder if that's good. And so I put it in there. Yeah, it came out really good. Nice. Yeah, had to cook it for like uh, 35 minutes in the air fryer. 
slice it against the grain, against the grain keeps it tender. And yeah, so I have she'll have steak and a salad if she if she wants it when she comes home. I don't know. She's leaving me to go to New York tomorrow. Like she'll be on vacation while I'm stuck at home. <laughs> hey, you gotta get right or else uh you know come home and she's gonna give you a black eye again. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh kind of cool news is I'm you know, I'm off and um the Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom's coming out. And so I'll be able to play that while she's gone. She gone for like a week or something? Because it's no, she's gone Friday. For a day. Yeah, oh, okay. no, she's gone for a day. <laughs> it sucks. So yeah, you're not playing anything. <laughs> oh no, she she doesn't care. So like, uh, she comes back the day it's released, which I so I'm hoping. So I got shipped from Amazon, and I got an alert that it got shipped today, and it told me that it's arriving on Thursday. So we'll see. Get a little early. Yeah, because I have uh, that Superman collection. And it's in the same like package, mm. so I'm hoping and probably that'll dented. Show up. <laughs> yeah, it will be. But I'm also <laughs> like I'm hoping that it'll show up a day early because it says it's going to. But I also have this feeling that it's going to go to like you know the UPS shipment center, and they're going to scan it and be like, "Oh, this can't be delivered till Friday." <laughs> yeah, which I'm sure is going to happen. Totally, but I can hope. I got worried because I got a notification from Amazon today saying that my credit card didn't like go through for it i was like oh no i'm gonna lose it um but i just pressed some buttons and said okay <laughs> i was like what was the problem with the credit card i don't yeah yeah that's weird thanks for making me almost lose my pre-order yeah but uh for our listeners we have decided that for the next couple of weeks we're going to update our progress to each other on the podcast mm. so um, that's right Except next week we'll take a break because we're doing Film Explosion '93, but after that we'll we'll update if we haven't beaten it by then. I don't know. Did you? How long did it take you to beat Breath of the Wild? Uh, months. I mean, I didn't play it hardcore. You know, I, I think yeah. when I got it, I I did play it nonstop for a few days, and then I had to get back to work. So yeah, I know that's always happens. Yeah. So uh, for all listeners out there, we actually have nine to five jobs. So. Um, I mean, we won't beat it as fast as everybody else, but I'm excited. Well, I'm a contractor, so I can actually play it whenever I want, as long as I'm willing to lose money doing that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. All right. All right. It might All cost right. me $200 a day to play Zelda. <laughs> 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 I get too into it. So definitely got to save it for the uh, overnight when I get home. And I yeah. Work. Yeah. I can't wait, though. It, it looks fun and. Um, anytime there's a new Mario or Zelda game, I get really excited because that part of me will never grow up. I was talking to my dad about never growing up today because my dad collects GI Joes <laughs> <laughs> and he says that when he dies, he's going to be like a pyre, like Darth Vader, but instead of wood all around him, it's going to be all his GI Joes. <laughs> he wants you to because melt no his one... Joes into him. Yeah. Cause no one will want them. He says, cause they're stupid. <laughs> I mean, you could probably sell them and like leave the profits to your his kids <laughs> <laughs> well first i gotta find a buyer <laughs> then oh plenty of and, he, and he already told me he's like nobody wants this shit so i i just i was just laughing because i got like the image of you know darth vader's helmet smoking and stuff but <laughs> you know just be gi joe's melting around my dad so. that'd be amazing but yeah you could just totally sell those to like the gnarly toy box or something like 
they, they, there's trust me, nobody doesn't want them. There's there's definitely some hardcore GI Joe collect. There's that one uh, toy convention I went to where, you know, I, I was expecting Ninja Turtles and all I could find was GI Joe shit. So, hmm. yeah. Did like, you uh, go to Free Comic Book Day, Brad? I didn't. I it's, oh. it is too much of a hassle for me. Uh, well, if you want it, I did get the Ninja Turtle comic for you. I do want it. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. It's, it's what I do, bro. It's what I do. It's just, you know, because like my high comics makes you like pre-order them, mm-hmm. like, pre-buy them. And that like, you know, I live down in the south here. It's 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 a hassle for me to try to get up to I-70. And then, of course, Hero Headquarters, like, I'm, I'm, they don't have a ton of issues, I'm guessing. So. It's just like, am, uh, am I really going to go all the way through this, like, to get just one issue of this turtle comic? Yeah, I get it. Uh, they actually had shit tons of, well, the turtles ones they actually didn't have too many of, but I had, a, I was like, I don't know, um, 40th in line or something like that. And I was able to get turtles. I got the one Spider Man. The one Spider Man I didn't get that's selling for like 40 bucks on eBay is the prequel to the new video game. For some reason, they didn't get that comic, um, mm. but it's where'd okay. You, where'd you go? My uh, hero or, headquarters. Hero headquarters. Yeah, yeah. It's just like unless I got there at the door open, I figured by the time I got there, like I'd be driving all the way just to find out they sold them out within like five minutes. So, yeah. Well, I thought of you, and I was like, "Well, I'll get the Ninja Turtles because I got the two Spideys they had there. One was that Disney Junior show, Spidey and his amazing friends." Um. I got the two Spideys, the Ninja Turtles, and a Conan. You're, uh, they let you get four free without buying anything. Nice, yeah. Uh, yeah. I figured if they did have any left over, they would just mark them up the next day. So, Yep, but I got you, brother. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. appreciate that. Yeah. I was willing yeah, to let like, it go, but I'm glad I still have it. Yeah, well, I, I, I always keep an eye out for you, you know? And it it did take a lot out of me. It was a free comic. So <laughs> <laughs> when I could have got some other comic they had there that I don't even know what I wanted. Yeah. Like you had a, a certain number of comics you can carry. Like you physically can't carry more than what you did. And yeah, uh, yeah you, you reserved a spot for me. I appreciate that. Yeah. I was like, man, I don't know if I can carry this <laughs> eight by 11 <laughs> less than an inch thick. That's an actually a centimeter thick book, but I did it for you. For you, I did it. It's good they didn't come pre-bagged and boarded, or else like that would be an extra comic right there. So, oh fuck, dude, it just you're right. The weight, yeah. So good thing it's it's on its own. Yeah, it's what I do. Protected. I am a people pleaser because you're you're freaking hero, dude. I right. Not only did I get that for you, but June 29th. I mean June 30th through July 2nd. I will be at Colorado Convention Center in our Real Nerds booth for Denver Fan Expo. Yeah, come say um, hi to that hero. Yes. I mean, there'll be other nerds there, but I really don't give a fuck. You want to come see me. I mean, that's what everybody wants. That's what everybody wants to see. And I make dreams happen. Yeah. Um, It'll be fun. You should come say hi to us. Yeah, and... we're going to have a cool blockbuster theme booth. And um, yeah. Yeah, it'll be good times. Like always, uh, the 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 tape rentals are gonna have little prizes in them. So if you if you shop around, you could you could take home some stuff of ours. Oh, nice, nice. Some stickers. I should go to some candy, popcorn. Huh? I should go to some like 
thrift store and see how many video cassettes I can find. Yeah. Um, if you can get some, I actually, uh, at a gnarly toy box, I found a last action hero and uh sudden death, which is a 93, but, um, yeah, I got an actual last action hero on VHS for our, our booth. So sweet. Do they charge a lot for those? No, it's like a, a, a dollar, $2. Uh, cause I didn't know if they were coming back, you know, like cassettes or something. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, goodwill, like on, I'm sure on eBay, they're probably marked up, but yeah. Uh, thrift stores yeah they're still like 99 cents or something cool well brad you know what we do every week on this show we see a new movie this week we saw guardians of the galaxy volume three stay tuned where we'll recommend the film or not play the trailer then spoil it we also talk about movie news and things we've been watching throughout the week brad should people see guardians of the galaxy volume three uh, of course. Um, yeah, this, uh, this movie is great. Um, not as fun as the other old guardians movies, but that's because it's so heavy and emotional. Um, the story is pretty serious. Um, you know, there's, there's some lighthearted moments here and there, but, uh, you know, it's, I'd say it's less fun, but not that doesn't ruin it. It's, uh, it's, it's a good sort of ending to, uh, that story and uh yeah everyone should go see it i agree and in fact i'm gonna lay down the gun that it's my favorite guardians of the galaxy movie what um yeah Uh, i i rewatched the other two and i i do love the other two um a lot same but uh this one i don't know just like the emotional core of the film and what everyone's going through was kind of uh a lot was writing on this movie and I think everybody delivered and um, yeah, it's my favorite Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Here's the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I'm going to tell you something. I'm Star-Lord. I formed the Guardians. Met a girl, fell in love. That girl died, but then she came back came back a total dick. Oh, please. He left out some important information, but that is the gist of it. My sacred mission is to create the perfect society. He didn't want to make things perfect just hated things the way they are. I want you all to know that I am grateful to fight beside my friends. Incinerate them. searching for a family until we found each other are you ready for one last ride we'll all fly away together
to the forever. In a beautiful sky. was that you were in love with? It sounds more like her. Her? Do not bring me into this. <laughs> Knock it off! What? I just never noticed how black your eyes were. They were replaced by my father as a method of torture. He, he picked a pretty set. So the Guardians are now living on Nowhere, and if you watched the Christmas special, you know they've kind of created their own um, colony there. Or, I guess, uh, city. And um, while they're there, they, I mean, almost immediately, they're under attack from uh, Adam Warlock. And he critically wounds uh, Rocket. And when he does that, they learn that Rocket has, uh, like, a failsafe on his heart. Kill switch, that, yeah. Yeah, that won't let them save him, because if they do, that it'll kill him. And when we learn that, we get a huge backstory about where Rocket came from. And if you've seen the other two Guardians, that he kind of never said anything about it. And he was very uh, protective of where he came from. And we learned that he is a test subject from a villain known as the High Evolutionary, who is hell-bent on creating the perfect animals or... Or organism. Species. Yeah, species. Yeah, there we go. Organism. And uh, by doing this, he does horrific experiments on animals and also himself because we learn throughout the film that he doesn't believe that he's perfect either. And he evolves his look throughout the flashbacks of Rocket. Um, also, Star Lord is still grappling with losing Gamora because. Obviously, the Gamora that is alive in the Marvel Universe is the one from five years ago uh, before her and Peter Quill ever became an item. And uh, we also see that uh, Drax is kind of tired of being the Guardian of the Galaxy. Um, Nebula is still trying to find her place. Um, the, uh, the character of Groot is still uh, growing up. And yeah, that is a quick recap of the film and where everybody's at. And um, Nebula's kind of the caretaker of everyone. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and so uh, as they go through this uh, adventure trying to save Rocket, um, we meet up with Sylvester Stallone's character again, um, and he's still. We learned that Gamora is uh, part of the Ravagers and is still in contact with Nebula and Quill uh, can't believe it. And he is, I mean, he's a drunk at the beginning of the movie and he needs to learn to be Star-Lord again. And so, yeah, so they have to go to this weird gelatinous planet that has the code needed to save Rocket. Um, and when they're there, they meet, uh, like, uh, the, the guys in the suits, I don't know what those suits are for. <laughs> they're like really weird. Um, Nathan Fillion and yeah, I forget what they're called, but, uh, yeah, they're, they're just basically the corporate 
uh, protectors. Like they just protect the company. Yeah. And I, I, I feel bad. I forget the actress's name, but she's James Gunn's wife and she's awesome in Peacemaker. Uh, Jennifer Holland. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As a hardcore, but, uh, She's in this has a little part um, where she's kind of the receptionist or security watcher person. I don't know what she does. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they try to get the stuff and they learn that it's on. Um, it was stolen just before they got there by one of the high evolutionaries lackeys. And it was placed in his computer drive that's in his brain because his uh, his assistants also go through changes throughout the film too um through the flashbacks they keep on going and we learn that rocket is smarter than the high evolutionary and he figures out why none of the experiments take and it really upsets high evolutionary yeah he's 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 he's, uh invented this container that'll accelerate the evolutionary process which as a Ninja Turtle fan, they totally mutated a turtle <laughs> into a <laughs> bipedal <laughs> character. So I was like, ooh, Ninja Turtle. Um, <laughs> minus the ninja. But uh, the process uh, makes them angry. So all the text subjects end up super aggro. Um, and then Rocket uh, is able to uh, hone in on what the problem is. And that frustrates uh, the high evolutionary. And um, yeah, the, he wants to dissect rocket further to find out how he's able to be inventive and uh, yeah and it's it's interesting because uh uh chuck woody uh what's his last name fuck um i i'm not i'm not gonna try (laughs) fuck anyways he's great in the movie because of that um not that flashback but the next flashback where what rocket tells him works and he's uh like so pissed at Rocket and he explains to him, I don't understand how someone like you can figure this out and I can't. Yeah, I um, made you. How did you do yeah, this? Yeah. It, it's so good at that part. And um we learned that there's like a separate earth. What do they call it? I I saw the they had Ca- a title counter, card. Counter Earth. Thank you. And when they go there, it's um these really nice people that are um animals it's kind of like a mutant yeah um, humanoid animals yeah and everyone there is super nice and they try to they help quill and one of the shocking things in this film too is uh the these benevolent people help quill and the guardians and uh when quill's on his way to talk to high evolutionary he sees you know these uh, people or animals also committing acts of violence, also doing drugs, and there's ghettos. And when he confronts the high evolutionary about it, he says, yeah, that's right, and that's why we're going to destroy this whole planet. And he literally wipes out a whole planet because they're not perfect. And Which, where's the rest of the Avengers? Like, our cosmic <laughs> saviors? Um, yeah, that bugged me a little bit, was like, um, yeah, this whole planet goes to waste and only the Guardians are there for him, which I'm like, we have so many other heroes now, like Captain Marvel. I Well, remember yeah. what Captain Marvel said in Endgame, the universe is big. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm I'm sure she's got plenty more other things to do, but it's just surprising that 
um, for his like the reach that the high evolutionary has and like how well known he is. Um, there isn't more eyes on what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, like he also made the, the sovereign and a couple of other civilizations, like whole civilizations this guy's made. Um, and he's still free to like eradicate them and start anew after all yeah, this time. It's, it's, it's like he adds fail safes to the planets. Mm-hmm. Basically, if they don't turn out how he wants, he just kills them all. Yeah. Kills them. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it's just, it, a really interesting play because um, you see that there is a part of this world where people are really nice. And um, I mean, I, always is going to be, there's never going to be a perfect world and high evolutionary's end game is never going to work. Yeah. Um, but he's committed. So <laughs> he is. Uh, but yeah. And then they have a battle on high evolutionary's getaway thing. Um yeah, escape lab. Yeah, I mean he's he's so twisted. Eventually, his own people turn on him. They're like, "This guy's nuts!" Like, yeah, they're like, "Stop chasing this r- raccoon!" Like, we can figure out another way. And no, he's just so <laughs> obsessed with with Rocket that, um, yeah. yeah no, just... So, you, watching the film, like right away, um, because I took my kid to it, and I go, "Oh man, this is pretty hardcore with the animal experiments and you know where." rocket figures out that they're going to he's going to be killed and he's saving all of his friends and when he gets them out they're shot by the guards and i'm like oh my god yeah straight up murdered um yeah and then there's that awesome uh no sleep till brook brooklyn like single shot action sequence oh, uh, where awesome. like creatures are getting sliced in half and exploded and yeah <laughs> I, I was reading a lot of complaints there online that they think the movie should have been rated R. Um, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. go that far, but I mean, there's some pretty heavy stuff in the way, uh, you know, rocket stories told. I mean, I, I think there's some intensity there and, you know, the horror comes from someone who wants everything to be perfect and he'll do it by any means. And, killing innocent people or in this case animals he doesn't give a flying fuck yeah it's rated pg-13 and like it yeah it's it's for teens like this is teen level subject matter matter to understand so uh, you're flirting with disaster by bringing your kid <laughs> uh, he liked it though uh he he, re- he my, my son was really into it yeah i mean um, yeah it's, it's still fun and lighthearted. like there's no like you know if, if if characters get shot it's like ooze or pus you know that comes out it's not like yeah blood splatter although there was that part where rocket like crashes his little pod into the side of the uh like high evolutionary escape ship and like scrapes <laughs> the uh <laughs> yeah. things like right off and there's like a blood smear on the window but yeah <laughs> um, um I, I i'll say too uh like everybody's so great in this film and i i do like uh we get so set up all the time for when it's the final adventure that you know everybody dies or a lot of people die i think it's kind of refreshing that he gave everybody kind of a happy ending um even someone like gamora i I like that she didn't go back to quill i like that she went to the ravagers yeah it's more realistic it's not yeah because you know her relationship with quill hasn't happened and she's not defined by being with him yeah like they didn't 
like they fell in love based on a very specific set of experiences and exactly you can't just it's yeah you know, it's too unrealistic to just expect another adventure to do that you know so it's it's yeah and i like that she never really changed her character she ended up helping them but it's because she wanted to get the credits paid to her to give to the ravagers and yeah and that that uh, subtle thing where uh there's that running joke of she doesn't understand groot until you know she finally learns to appreciate like what he is yeah like the whole time she's like Stop saying that. Like we get it, and then uh, <laughs> yeah. it's just because uh, she can't. She hasn't like tuned into um, understanding him the way everyone else does. Yeah, um, it's uh, it's just, and even um, the line at the end where they tell Drax that he, his his job isn't to be a destroyer. His job is to be a father. Yeah. And I'm like, oh man, that is awesome. I love the way he goes out by helping all those children. And because he's, I mean, for the four movies that he's been in, we've known him, or I guess including Thor, Ragnar, uh, Love and Thunder five, is he's just the, like, you know, the army guy who's dopey. And to see that other side of him, you know, wanting to be a father because, you know, Thanos and Ronan took that from him. Yeah, from uh, the very beginning, was really that was nice. his motivation, and like, it's a great way to give him what he uh, always wanted is to adopt those kids. Yeah, it, it was just—I I don't know—I just love that everybody kind of got their ending. Um, you know, even Peter when he comes back and his grandfather's still alive, and um, it was just refreshing to see. And you know, the tag scenes are Rocket with the new Guardians group. Um, yeah. and then Peter Quill's like his tag scene is literally just him at the end talking to his grandpa about how he doesn't want to mow the lawn because it'll look ridiculous. Um, who are, who was he was talking about someone else mowing it instead? Like I didn't catch yeah, that. Yeah, like some forty-five-year-old guy mowing the lawn, and yeah, it's like yeah, it's just like who else is that? I don't. What, like yeah. who's he referring to? I don't know. Yeah, I think that was on purpose. It, it's just. You know, James Gunn ended his movies the way he wanted to, and he left all the characters still around. So if they really wanted to, they could always come back. Um, but I, I think it's a nice arc that they all had. Yeah, I totally thought uh, they were killing Quill when he like goes back for the Zune and like freezes in space again, and this time like his face <laughs> blows up. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and he's like, "Did it look cool?" Yeah. <laughs> I know Mantis says that too, and she uh, subdues the, I forget what they're, they're called, those like squid things mm-hmm. from, the, from the previous movie, and she's like, did that look cool? <laughs> like, they're always trying to look cool when they do stuff. Um, yeah, uh, Will Poulter as uh, Adam Warlock was cool. Um, I like the character because he was born that way, so he still really didn't understand the world. He was just doing what he was told by the Sovereign. Yeah, Simon and, said they pulled him out of the chamber too early, so he's he's got a, like a child's brain in a man's body. Yeah, and a super powerful being. And when he's saved after he tries to kill him, they ask him, you know, why did you save me? And they tell him everybody deserves a second chance. So he's sees that and he goes and saves Quill. Um, yeah. Another great thing is like that's the scene right after that is Rocket going to save the animals and getting a second chance to 
Yeah. Save his friends. Um, yeah. Oh, and we ripped off High Evolutionary's face. <laughs> oh, when Quill calls him like, you sadistic Robocop looking motherfucker. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so much like Alex Murphy. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. I, and then I just beat the shit out of him because, like, oh man, he, like, you just hate that guy so much at that point. Oh, yeah. He's a horrible person. And, um, he definitely got what he deserved. And honestly, I like villains like that, though, because there's no redeeming qualities in High Evolutionary at all. He needs to go away. <laughs> and, um, it was cool to see. Um, and yeah, I loved when, I loved uh, they, they, they walk the, Quill and uh, Groot into the room, and he's just like holding his finger up, to, like, you know, I'll I'll take care of this in a minute. And after some time, it goes by. Quill's like, "Oh, you have time for me now," and then he starts <laughs> rattling off his plan or whatever. And Quill's just like, "I don't care." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, it's my favorite Guardians movie. I I love the emotional story behind it, um, but I also love that it's also fun. And I think the villain in it is really cool. Um, it looks spectacular. Oh, the CGI uh, in it looks great. Like, oh, there's yeah. so many weird creatures that look good. I just, uh, I was, I saw it again today. I, I was reminded of that little pig thing that Mantis opens up. She screams. <laughs> Remember that? Like, really, like, yeah. really screwed up thing. She's like, I was screaming at the thing behind you, and there's like nothing behind him. Like, not you, Shrek. Yeah. Like, he's so hideous. um but yeah there's like that war pig and that uh bird thing and uh, oh yeah yeah that war that bird thing and war pig were awesome creatures yeah and then uh yeah the like the organic uh world that they have to get the code from looks incredible when they're like running around like yeah floating around on it and then um yeah and then you got like cosmo the the russian dog oh that's right um (laughs) he's just worried about being called a bad dog the whole movie (laughs) yeah Yeah. and uh james gunn's uh brother's really good at it too is craglin um sean gunn his arc is just trying to live up to yondu's you know standard he's he's constantly constantly trying to get the uh arrow to work um yep and all you needed to see was yondu tell him not your head your heart motherfucker yep it's a great gag when he uh launches into nebula like around then <laughs> she's the only character that could yeah take that shot be fine <laughs> or when it hits adam warlock and he's looking around like what the fuck hit me <laughs> <laughs> yeah who threw that at me <laughs> uh yeah good stuff i i had a lot of fun with it and I might go see it tomorrow when I have nothing to do. Yeah, I guess I, that's one I got to see in uh 40X probably now. Nice. Yeah. You know, I noticed when I was, I saw it at the Alamo and I saw it in their biggest theater at Sloan's Lake and, uh, the aspect ratio kept changing. Did it? Um, yeah. I didn't even notice. Yeah. When it had the big action scenes, it, uh, filled the whole screen. And then when it was, um just you know conversation scenes or exposition it went to standard uh letterbox hmm, must be the imax formatting yeah I, when i was at the mayan today uh they had it like beyond the screen so a lot of stuff on the left and right were like on the curtains so that's hmm. a little frustrating but yeah i didn't notice like it changing up and down yeah no it's cool so yeah, it's definitely one in 40x. Like I, I saw Mario in 40x, and that was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like the first Marvel movie in a while that I've been like 
like hurrying to see again, you know? Yeah. It, um, I, I've still enjoyed them and, I, but you're right. I, it's the first one I, I watched and I, um, it, en- it engrossed me again, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like when, it- like I had fun at, um, Ant-Man, I liked Black Panther. Um, but this is the first one since Spider-Man No Way Home when I was like, okay, I'm into this movie big time. Yeah, I gotta um, see that again on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I hope that's a sign of things to come. I think the Marvels looks really fun. So Yeah, but it's a ways off November. Yeah. But I think that's on purpose. I think when um Bob Iger came back, he's starting to space them out again. Um Yeah. I mean, because it's always you know, been like three a year, but you know, we had Ant Man in February and then yeah. two months later we got this one, and then we have to wait what, like six months for the other one? Yeah, now they got to figure out if, you know, Jonathan Majors is ever going to be a part of it again. So, yeah, what a rough situation. <laughs> yeah. But I guess because there's so many variants, you just put someone else in there. Yeah, they don't have to all look the same. Yep. I mean, the Peters approved that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this is a big news story of the week. It's real news. Well, I was going to say that Beetlejuice 2 going in, uh, into production is a big story because they're trying to make it forever. But the real big story is the Writers Guild of America went on strike, which mm-hmm. affects a lot of stuff, especially we were just talking about Marvel. And because Marvel is constantly tinkering with their scripts for a overall overarching narrative, that um, they've already uh, stopped pre-production on Blade. Um which was going to supposed to start filming next month. So hopefully they can work something out. Um, and it's, it's tough right now. I, I know the director's guild too is thinking about it. And, you know, I, I heard writing, the, uh, the team, the, the, um, which union was it? I think it was like the, just the general like workforce was like, they, they had their negotiating thing before the writer's guild. And they're like, man, we should have striked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. I, I, the writing is so important, obviously. And how do you pay them a fair wage in the age of streaming? And I, I don't know how that works and how complicated it gets. And I don't know. Um, because when you think about the stuff you love, like, you know, I love Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, and you know the writers for that show work their fucking asses off. Yeah, um, I like Saturday SNL. Night Live, and they've lost um, two episodes. This, you know, the two final episodes of the season are gone now. Because, yeah, it, I I don't know what the solution is because it's. I mean, I'm not in the guild. I know nothing about it. I don't know what they're trying to get. I know the economics um, of it. Yeah. yeah, but you know, I want everybody to be paid fairly. Um, yeah, and I'll. I'll information points to like the studios are turning a profit, but somehow that Mm -hmm. money's not getting down to them. So, which I think that when they were striking the last time, it was kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, Back then it was about, uh, um, like DVD residuals, I think. Yeah. Um, Yeah, exactly. Now they got to look into streaming because it's what it is. I, yeah, I don't know. I, it's tough, man. I don't, there's so many people that make, the movies that I love that I want everybody to get fair wages and um, 
you know, be appreciated. And a lot of people that are behind the scenes, writers, you know, crew members that you never see, boom operators, the people that make sure that, you know, script supervisors, there's so much that goes into making movies that I, I don't know how or what the best solution is to see everybody get equal pay and fair. I don't know. Yeah. I think like there's this misconception uh, that, you know, I, th- I think it happened a lot in the nineties when people like Jim Carrey were pulling like ten- $20 million uh, paychecks and uh, some writers were like getting paid million dollar spec script money. And, yeah. You know, that's like a handful of people when the reality is there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of just craftspeople below all that, that, uh, and just, you know, regular writers turning out stuff that, um, you know, they don't see those kind of deals. Yeah. Um, even someone, cause I, I love Conan O'Brien and he started as a writer and I mean, he has some of the most iconic Simpsons episodes he wrote, but he wasn't the head writer at the time. So he's not pulling, you know, what Matt Grinning or, you know, those guys pull. So I don't know what the fair compensation is. I don't know. I, it's too complicated for me. I'm sure they deserve more, but how they balance that. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. I mean, everything I've read is like, they're just, uh, you know, they're, they're not making more than most people. Like, and they live in uh, the most, one of the most expensive cities. Um, exactly. And their work makes that city able to do that. So exactly. Um, just how important writers are. And I mean, people on shows are so important. I mean, even when you think about people like on South park where they produce and write shows so quickly, mm-hmm. um, you need those people. You need those creative people back there. Um, yeah. And, know. and with the studios relying so heavily on streaming subscriptions for revenue, it's exactly. shocking that it's, a, it's not obvious that like, Oh yeah, well we're making way more than we used to. Like, Cause like writing is such a, like more important in the, in the television medium now. Like there's so many shows these days. Correct. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's definitely like the uh, wealth of their content is there. And uh, you know, all that has to come from somebody thinking it up and writing it on a page. So. Yep. So yeah, like I they, hope those are like writers rooms. Like most features are maybe one to two people. And then maybe some rewriters, exactly. but writers rooms are like, you know, 10 to 15, yeah. 20 people sometimes. Yep. I mean, that's how they work. I, I remember, I'll never forget how hard they work on um, sitcoms. Um, I, I, there's this behind the scenes making of friends and Matthew Perry delivers a line and there's a couple chuckles. And when he does, it's interesting because the behind the scenes, and behind the cameras behind the crew and you see the actors and it gets a couple of chuckles. And when that happens, you see all the writers like converge and rewrite the joke, have them do it again and see if the laugh is bigger. So, you know, I, I'm guessing that happens a lot on shows. Um, maybe not so much anymore where they don't do it in front of an audience, but they need someone there to rewrite a scene if it doesn't work. So, man, that's a, that's, that's a hard job and I hope they work it out and they get what they deserve. Mm-hmm. As a, as a script writer myself <laughs> for, for, um, 
Speaking uh, of scripts, I'm we got to get our documentary finished because it's already May. I know. I'm the worst. <laughs> so, yeah. Writer's, Strike of, uh, Writers Guild of America, we stand behind you, and I hope you get what you deserve. This. Oh, wait. What am I talking about? There's no script for our documentary. <laughs> yeah, wait. What <laughs> Dude, it, it just happens, okay? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's all based on real camera. life. I'm just you editing put... the footage that happened. Exactly. That's how that works, Brad. Adoy. All this actually happened. <laughs> we watch stuff throughout the week in a segment I call What We've Been Watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch? Oh, gosh, so much stuff. Um, I think I literally went back through all of Phase 4, but uh, wow. Marvel Phase 4, and watched everything recently. Um, but I'll just talk about new stuff. Um, like Sisu, the, the Nazi killing movie. Yeah, that, I know Zach really likes that. I, I, I don't think you're as high on it as he was. Yeah, I, I was kind of bored in places. Uh, yeah, the story is this dude finds a ton of gold um, and the Nazis want to take it from him. And they do. And so he goes back uh, on a revenge tour and to get it back and does a lot of brutal killing of Nazis, which is great. But uh, yeah, like other than that, I just wasn't like interested in, you know, he's like the silent hero. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 a lot of style over substance, I guess. Um, so I guess I was hoping for a little more. Um, and then there's, you know, it's it's a small budget movie, so there's a couple places where they've tried to make it more epic with CGI and all that. And gotcha. And it never feels real, if that makes sense. Mm, yeah, like it, it looks pretty good compared to like, you know, two thousand CGI or whatever. But it, there's something about it that just feels not like there's no weight to it yeah i Um, I mean like it's not horrible but it's still distracting enough where you know it's fake yeah um and then i also watched a movie called showing up which is um um uh, what god what's her name michelle she was just in the fablemans i can't remember her last name williams michelle williams yeah She's uh, this sculptor and she's part of this like art collective and she's got this uh, show coming up and she has a new piece she's trying to do. And it's really a movie about like how weird all these art collective people around her are and then trying to like accomplish this goal, but also dealing with like being an artist and having this goal of like making your art, but then having to constantly compromise uh, what you want to do with all the responsibilities mm. you have to do around it. Um, yeah. She lives, uh, in this house and the the landlord, which is like another a friend of hers at the art collective, like she uh, won't fix the water heater. Um, like Michelle Williams constantly says like, Hey, can I get some hot water? I'd really like a good shower. And you know, her friend will say like, I'll get on it. And there's like totally focus on her own shit um, and never get around to it. And then at one point this bird flies into her house and the, the, her cat mauls it doesn't kill it, but, you know, it becomes like she has to take care of a, like she gets, she lets it loose, but then her landlord finds it in the backyard and then starts to take care of it. And then basically pawns that responsibility off onto Michelle Williams. So hmm. again, she can do her art, but then Michelle Williams is stuck, you know, holding the bag. Um, and then she has this brother who's kind of losing his mind. It seems like, 
Um, and so she's worried about him. So she's, instead of working on her sculptures, she has to go take care of that. And then uh, her mom is, I think, the head person at the collective. And then Judd Hirsch is her dad. Um, and he's got like these two vagabonds just living at his, uh, at his house uh, for the time being. And uh, she doesn't trust them. So yeah, it's, it's all these little things that are getting in the way. And she could totally just ignore them all if she wanted to. Um, <laughs> but she's cursed with caring about everything. And so, yeah, she constantly um, balances trying to finish her project while also taking care of all these other people. So all for the, the reward of, you know, maybe 20 people showing up at an art gallery. <laughs> um, but not worth it. Yeah, she even like fires her sculptures in the kiln, and like one of them burns through. And the guy who does says like, "Oh yeah, this didn't turn out well, but you know, I think it looks kind of cool." And she just kind of has to accept that like it's imperfect, but you know, I've run out of time. There's nothing else I can do. That deal. Yep. So that was kind of nice. Um, yeah, that's it. Uh, the, the one thing I watched last, well, this week, I guess, technically that I really liked is polite society. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, it's a story about this, uh, uh, woman named Kia and she wants to be a stunt woman. So she trains really hard to be a martial artist. Um, she's always doing like, uh, like jackass videos, but not jackass. You know, she's basically an influence where she's doing kicks and different stunts. Um, her older sister, uh, Lena is depressed and, um, kind of, uh, lost because she was in art school and she dropped out and she comes back to live with her parents. Um, one night they go to this party and while they're there, um, her older sister is picked up on by a really handsome doctor and, um, they start dating and he decides he's going to marry her and Kia doesn't want her to be married. And then that's where it goes from there. I don't want it. There is a huge twist in this movie that is crazy that I don't want to spoil. But the movie is really fun. Like it, it's, um, it's a cool journey of this, uh, young woman who's trying to break into a profession where there's not very many women. And she's also, um, a person of color of, uh, of Middle Eastern heritage and Muslim. So there's, a another part to it. Um, it's just a really, like, it's a cool movie. It's really fun. I even took my wife. I really just saw it because I wanted to see a movie and I had nothing else to do. Um, and then I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh, this looks pretty fun. And my wife asked to come along and she really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, it's a really fun movie. Uh, the action is really cool in it. I don't want to spoil it because it's really, really interesting and it definitely doesn't go where you think it's going to go. Um, yeah, but, I saw, the, I saw yeah. the trailer a while back, and I, I forgot what it was like. Actual plot was, but I remember just feeling like that's something I want to see. So yeah, you should. I mean, it's directed really well. The colors are they pop. The costumes are incredible in it. Um, yeah, it's just a really fun movie. 
and there's some funny moments in it. Um, but where it, I'm telling you where it goes, you won't expect. I'm telling you right now. Um, I'm frustrated because I almost watched it last night and I was like, oh, I got to go do some responsible stuff. And I kind of wish I yeah, had actually watched it because I want to know that twist. Yeah. And it reminds me a lot of not in the same context, but how I saw when I saw Barbarian, mm. where I think I'm seeing like a home invasion type movie and it takes a right turn like big time. Um, and I would argue that polite society has a horror story in it that is more terrifying than anything that's like made up. So, wow. Um, okay. In context, not like it's, you know, a monster or something, but yeah, um, shut up. You're gonna spoil it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but you, you, I would recommend people see it. I had a lot of fun in it. It's one of the most fun movies I had this year. Not expecting any, no expectations going in. Um, it just be happened to be playing like at ten in the morning at Alamo, and I wanted to go. <laughs> so yeah, it was awesome. Cool. Um, next week we're doing Film Explosion ninety three. So send us those lists because it's awesome. Um, yeah. Thanks for listening. We'll see you at the movies. Bye. Well, a real nerd knows who shot a real nerd. Can follow the plot and a real nerd. We'll give it all the guts. Let's come action. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.